Thanks, Jake. It's uh, good to be reminded again, and, and, and frustrating also to be reminded that, that, that happy is he whose trust is in the Lord, because there is a, it's frustrating to hear that word sometimes. Can you? There we go. Okay. Um, it can be a frustrating thing to hear, especially this time of year. Uh, because we come and we t- we're talking about wa- let, it, let us walk in the light, and now we get to this third week of Advent, and we're going to be talking about walking in patience. Um, now, it would, would probably be more gr- grammatically correct of me to say, uh, uh, come, let us walk patiently, uh, make it an adverb rather than a noun, but I, from artistic purposes, I kept it the way it was. And then... And one of the frustrating things that we have to do in this, se- in this season is, uh, is we hear a lot of promises about what God is doing and what God is going to do, what God has done. And, and, and we see the, this in, in Isaiah 35, which is where we're reading from this week. And we hear these amazing promises that the desert and the parched land will be glad, the wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. The passage continues, there will, then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and then the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. And then the lame will leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs, and in the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. And the unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord who has rescued will return, and they will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Now in, in Isaiah 35, these were words that were delivered to refugees who had been exiled from Israel into the, into the country surrounding. And, and these were people who were longing for home and everything that they had 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 been taken away from, from them. And in the midst of that, they get this word. that gladness and joy will overtake you and sorrow and sighing will f- flee away. And even though they've been uprooted, this is the promise to them. And it's a promise to us as well that gladness and joy are coming, and sorrow and sighing are going to flee away. And we talked last week about hope and how we plant ourselves in that hope, how we plant ourselves in the hope that God is intervening in the world, contrary to what we may see or contrary contrary to what we may feel, God is moving in this world. But the reality is, is this hope in which we have planted ourselves has not happened yet. And if we're honest with ourselves... Gladness and joy have not overtaken completely. And if we're honest with ourselves, sorrow and sighing have not fled away. And this is a time of year that we find ourselves struggling with this gap between what what God has called us, promised us, and what actually exists. 
And we find ourselves, even at this time of year, wondering as we look at the end of 2016 and the beginning of 2017, wondering how has this year been any different than the year that came before? And am I more the person that I've been called to be now than I was at the end of 2015? Am I more the person that, that I want to be now than I was a year ago? Is the world more as it ought to be now than it was a year ago? And for many of us, there is a gap. And it's an uncomfortable gap. But there's a gap between who we are and who we want to be. There's a gap between our actions and our desires. This is what Paul talks about where I, when in Romans 7 where he says, what I, what I want to do, I don't do, and what I do, I don't want to do. We have these sins and these habits and these things in us that hold us back from what we want to be and what God has called us to be, and there's this gap between our actions and our desires. I want to, to be a healthy, hope, a hopeful person. I want, to, I want to live in forgiveness and peace and joy, but I still have this anger and bitterness in me that sometimes lashes out and, and, and destroys uh, and, and damages myself and the people around me. There's a gap between. There's a, there's a gap between the world as it is and the world as it ought to be because we know that even at this time of year, there is, there, there's more people going to food banks this year than there were last year. You know, and, and, and I get that that's because of economic unrest, and I understand how all of those things happen, but that is a gap between what the world is and what the world ought to be. There are still wars happening at the end of 20, 2016. There is still the conflict between people that we don't understand and, and, and a distrust of the world around us. The world, there is a gap between how we feel the world ought to be and how the world actually is. So what do we do now? What do we do in the midst of this? As we stand in this gap... And, 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 we, and we see that, 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 that things are not as they ought to be, and we see that we are not as we ought to be, and, and, and it feels like even though we're planting ourselves in the hope of the Lord, that it's not happening as quickly as we'd like it to happen. What do we do right now? And this is where I love the practicality of James. Because James comes in here, and the people who put these readings together from the Revised Common Lectionary were, were very uh, wise as they did this. Because, I, uh, James, uh, because James writes very practically, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for autumn and spring rains. Uh, James is the, was the, the brother of Jesus. And I find it so fascinating that James' book, as he writes it, is, is so deeply, deeply practical. It is very much grained in the dust of this earth. And, and everything about it is like, this is how then we should live. Don't ex life is going to be difficult. Life is going to be hard. There you are going to experience suffering. God is using these things on your behalf. So, so when he hears these people wondering, like, okay, we're waiting on the coming of the Lord, and it's not coming, what does James say? He says, be patient. Yeah, it's hard. It's slow. Things aren't working out as well as you would like them to. And God doesn't seem to be coming when you want him to. But relax. It's fine. God is working. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. The brother of Jesus is so brass tacks about everything. And he's just finished a section in James 5 telling rich people to weep and wail because their riches are spoiled and that God is going to destroy them. But, but now he says, be patient and wait on the Lord. The change 
that God has planted in you is going to take time to root, and it's going to take time to grow, and it's going to take time to appear, and it's going to take time to bear fruit. It's going to take time. We want sometimes and, and, and fairly for life to happen to us in moments. What we want are grand, large, cathartic moments. I want to have an emotional experience from which everything changes from that moment on. And and that's a good thing, and moments are important. Weddings are like, an example of this would be a wedding. A wedding is a very important moment. That's a beautiful and good moment that we should celebrate. But a marriage takes 50 years to build. We've seen that and celebrated that with my parents this weekend, that it wasn't a moment that mattered nearly as much as the 50 years of living that out day by day, getting it right some days, getting it wrong some other days, and working on it. It's going to take time. Moments are good and important, but when we allow those moments to breathe, the, the ramifications of those moments live out for decades, and that's how we measure our growth in God and in the Holy Spirit and what he is doing in us and in the world. Not in, am I different now than I was two seconds ago, but are you different two decades now than you were two decades ago? That's the, that's the, the, the hope and the, the, and, and the growth that we're looking for. And in the meantime, as we wait on this growth, we trust in the Lord. We trust in his Holy Spirit, and we learn patience. We just learn that sometimes things take longer than we would like them to take. So in the meantime, we follow really quality advice, which is, first of all, as James says, stand firm. Now, we've gotten this wrong sometimes because we think that standing is doing nothing. And that couldn't be further from the truth in James' eyes. Standing firm means continuing in the pattern and the path and the thoughts that have brought you to this point in your life. Grow more and mature in your faith. And, and, and I know, and I feel this as someone who is, who, is, who is, especially in the last little while, gone through a phase where I'm like, how can I grow? I, I feel like I want to speed up the growth in my faith. And, and, and this happens, or, 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 or growth and progress in my own life. And I, and I think like, okay, well, there must be some sort of book that I can grab onto. There must be some sort of plan that I can buy or some sort of podcast that I can listen to or something that'll just speed me on in this. But the reality is growth in Jesus and growth in maturity is as simple as the old children's song that many of us heard growing up. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Pretty simple. So we continue in the plan that brought us to this point. And for most of us, what brought us to this point is trusting in the Lord. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. It's going to happen. It might not happen as quickly as you would like it to happen, but it will inevitably happen. You will wake up one morning and you will find yourself in an argument with someone that you've had with someone 14 times before, and this time you reacted differently than the 14 times that you did beforehand, and all of a sudden you respond rather than rather than lashing out out of anger like you've done for the like has been your pattern to this point in your life. You're going to find yourself in this 14th time reacting with grace and peace and, and, and strength, and all of a sudden you'll be like, when did that happen? Well, it didn't just happen all at once. It happened over the last months and years of reading your Bible and praying every day, and God has built sanctification into you. It's okay. 
keep gathering together. That's why things like this are so important. We're instructed in Hebrews, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together, brothers and sisters. That's part of standing firm, being with people who are going to remind us who we are and why we're here. People that are going to notice growth in us, even when we don't notice growth in ourselves. We need to be around other people who are going to say, how's it going? Are you doing okay? Keep on the path. Keep, Keep reading your Bible, praying every day. Stand firm in what you hope and believe, and people that are going to remind us that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. That's what God does, because as we stand in this gap, it's so easy to think that, that, well, I'm not where I want to be, therefore this path isn't working. But yes, it is. You're almost there. You just need to keep heading into it. Stand firm. There's uh, so many times, like, I, uh, so oh, I went to college in rural Saskatchewan, uh, outside Moose Jaw, and, and I remember there was one time that Teddy and I were on a trip and uh, somewhere in Saskatchewan, and, and we were supposed to go from one point that was not on a map to another point that was not on a map, and, and that's what rural Saskatchewan looks like. And, uh, and so I remember, like, and I get panicky. I'm a city guy at heart, and I get panicky if there aren't signs regularly telling me where I am going. You know, I like to be able to know that, like, okay, I'm headed towards 175th Street. Oh, there's 150th Street. There's 152nd. There's 154th. I could see that, okay, I'm, I'm progressing. That doesn't exist in Saskatchewan, and they don't you just you just drive through prairie and and until existential dread overtakes you and um and i would always be tempted to be like uh, like as a, like there was so many there was like two or three times where i was on a trip with teddy and i would be like we would turn onto grid road which was dirt road and like i grew up on an island and every dirt road ends in the ocean so you don't you don't go onto a dirt road unless you plan on driving into the ocean that's the only and I would turn onto this grid road and I'd be like, ah, what, what is going on here? And every fiber of my being would say, I'm lost. I need to just turn around and go back. And Teddy would be the one with the map going like, no, we, we're almost there. You just need to not, if you turn around, like it's going to take us so many more hours to go back. And if you stop at this point, then we're just going to end up back in the exact same road that we're on. So much of our faith and our growth is the exact same way. We're in a world without signs going from one point that's not on a map to another point that's not on a map, and, and we feel like we're driving into the ocean, and, and, and the only thing to do is to turn back. And God is saying, no, 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 just keep, keep going. Keep going. Trust me. I know what's going on. We can trust. We can trust. Don't grumble. And... And I find it so fascinating that, that, that James puts this in and actually has the threat that there's a judge waiting for you because I'm a person that can always find something wrong. And like Kanye said, I'm gifted at finding what I don't like the most. And then I can find ways to express disappointment in myself and disappointment in others. And I can, and I can get frustrated at all of the things that are not happening and notice all of the things that are not happening in in. What's uh, what uh, in other people's lives and in my own life, and in the midst of of being really good at noticing where things aren't happening, I I can become very terrible at noticing when uh, when things are happening. 
And uh, that happened to me this summer where uh, Teddy planted sunflowers in, our, in her garden this year because she wants our entire neighborhood to have sunflowers, which is, I've learned what happens. And um, so the sunflowers, as you know, like grow very, very tall. And the, and the sunflowers all summer long like grew ridiculously tall. But there were no blossoms on them. So these like green heads of the sunflowers were just like, they went 12 feet up in the air. And every day I'm looking at it, I'll be like, are those bl blossoms ever going to come out? She's like, I don't know if those blossoms are going to make it out this year. I'm like worried that the blossoms aren't going to show up. I think that they're just going to stay these green heads forever. And every day that I'm noticing that the blossoms aren't out, I'm not noticing that they're now 12 feet tall. And that in a couple of weeks, they've grown massively. And, and, and Teddy is the person who is the planter and the, the wiser of us is going like, but look how tall they are, you know? I have the, we have that tendency to see only what is not happening and not notice what is happening. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to point in us, point out to us the incremental change that is happening in us and to celebrate that, to celebrate every small growth, to celebrate every time when you got cut off in traffic and rather than blowing up like you did last time, you just said, okay, well, I guess that person's in a bigger hurry than I am. Like, that's a victory. You can celebrate that. That's good. To celebrate every small growth, every small incremental time where it's like, I'm able to trust the Lord today better than I was yesterday. I'm a little bit better to, uh, I'm a little bit less inclined to worry about things or I was quicker to trust God with things rather than to take the burden on myself. To celebrate that and expect God to continue to move. That's a good and a valuable thing to do. And the third thing that we need to remember, and this is the hardest one, even more than don't grumble, because I'm excellent at grumbling, is to remember, third of all, it's not necessarily about you. We tend to think that we are the stars of our story. I think that I am in a movie that is about me, and the rest of you are minor characters in the movie about me. Some of you have larger roles, some of you have smaller roles. Some of you have, you know, like, uh, you know, like you, the casting is different. Sometimes the story progresses and you take on, like, uh, and, you know, season, season 40 is going to have more lines for you than, than, than season 39 had. But, but all of us believe that, that, that I'm the center of the universe and everybody is re this revolving cast of characters around me. But the reality is that, that what we learn as we learn maturity in God is that that is not the case. We are not the center of the universe. And often God is doing things that, that don't involve us, that don't necessarily in, uh, call us. We see this in, in 2 Peter 3, where Peter says, above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is the coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything has gone on since the beginning of creation. So there's going to be people, as you wait in the gap, that say, like, there's no other side to this gap. There's nothing happening. God is not coming. You're not changing. The world isn't changing. Nothing is changing. You need to give up and either find a new path or you need to, 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 to be, just be satisfied with where you actually are. But Peter says this, Do not forget one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We're learning to walk in patience with the Lord, 
And how often do we forget that God is standing with patience for us? He's like, I'm working on this entire planet, all billions of people I am working to bring towards myself. I'm working to bring in peace and harmony and, and grace and justice for all of these people. And I understand that you want something to happen right away, but you're not having this thing right away is part of a grander story that I am telling he wants the whole world to repent and experience change. And we spend so much time focusing on my gap, my change, my world, my story, the movie that is being made of my life, that we forget that God is the star of the film and it is a story that he is writing and telling about the world and what is happening. And we need to trust that he is working on it. So if something is not working for us in the moment, it might not necessarily be about us. It might be about something else that is happening in this world. We can trust that God is still working on it because the promises that he made, even though we stand in a gap between seeing them come to their, when that promise was made and seeing it come to its fulfillment, we can trust that he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. And that the Lord is working all things together for good for those who are called, who love him and are called according to his purpose. Okay? And this is really important for us to remember, especially this time of year, because there's an entire group of voices in this world that want us to live in discontent. That want us, as we stand in that gap, to be afraid, to be, fr to, 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 to be angry, and, 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 to, and, and, and to believe that that gap will never end. Because in all honesty, there's money to be made in that gap. You go to the bookstore up there, and most of the books at Indigo are about how to get through this gap. And I'm not saying that there's not good self-help books or good health books or any of those things. But there's an entire industry being built on don't be satisfied with where you are. Make sure that you work and spend money in order to get where you ought to be. And what God wants to do, and I'm not saying that there's no worth in that sometimes, but we need to be careful because people want something from us other than what the Lord wants for us, which is for us to wait on the Lord and to continue to work with him and follow him as he brings us to wholeness and completeness and peace. And that's what he wants for the whole world too. So that's important, not just for us, but also for the family members that we have, that we see, God, you say you're working on this person. Why aren't you working on them as quickly as I would like them to or like you to? Or when we see that in our own hearts as well, God, why aren't you moving as quickly as you would like to? Why isn't the world being changed that we can have grace for ourselves? We can have grace for others, and we can walk in patience knowing that the hope that we've been grounded in will, uh, is going to come to fruition through what God is doing. Let's pray together. God, we are not people who wait well. We are not people who are inclined to be patient and to have endurance and perseverance, but we trust that this is what you have called us to and that this is what you are building in us. So as we sing these songs, we ask that your Holy Spirit would remind us again of the incremental growth that we are having. That you would remind us that we have not been abandoned in this gap. 
But even as we wait to see the fullness of what you are bringing to the table, the fullness of what you are doing in this world, that we would not back away in fear, that we would not turn our backs and go back in the other direction because we feel lost, but that we would be reminded deeply of your presence with us right now, guaranteed in the fact that, that Jesus became flesh and moved into the neighborhood among us. So as we sing songs, remind us of that. As we meet at your table, remind us that you are walking with us. And as we, uh, and, and as we eat later together, may, may we celebrate and discuss the incremental growth that you've been bringing. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.